Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 on Tversky Tuesdays. We are in the middle of happiness and the human spirit. We are on page 93. I'm your host, Hanani Abraham, and let's get going. I would like to just talk for a second about the last episode on family goals. And we we're talking about the concept of how Dr. Torsky, he said over a story how a person heard what he had to say. And all they said was, yes, we have to get our kids to do some volunteering. And how that was something that the parents weren't able to internalize the, the, the message. And the question that I was asked was very, very, I'm just going to sum it up because it was a nice long email, but very often parents that are missing PTA meetings, the parent-teacher conferences, parents that are not going to the school function on how to work with uh, defined behaviors, uh, people that are not going to the meetings that are happening throughout a, a neighborhood in any specific event that might be an issue in that area. Usually it's those parents that are, that are the ones that need it the most. So how can I, the question, the, the, the person that emailed me asked, how can I get that other person to go to those things with me? You know, she was talking about setting up a speaker in her town, obviously via Zoom now, because that's where most speakers are speaking from. But thinking of that situation where she set something up because she knows there are certain parents that were having an issue making a uh, healthy balance between the home and work life. Because everything is all at home right now, she said, people are having a harder time. They're answering emails more times during the day, which I think is a, is a very, very good, valid question. And she said when she made the meeting through a uh, speaker to come to her community or school, people that needed it the most, and she was talking specifically, I think, about her the friends that her children are, are, friend, are friendly with, those parents, because she's hearing from those kids how their parents are not around and a little bit apprehensive to speak to them directly. She figured trying to set something up through a, a speech in the school and in the, in the community would be beneficial. I think just to answer the question when uh, in a more public setting, and I did email her specifically, but I think it was a good question regarding this concept of, yes, we have to get other people to do something, but yet not taking responsibility. And sometimes the responsibility is hard to sort of see for ourselves. I think what we can do in those type of situations is create a scenario where the information is able to be gotten, but the other person needs to do the work on their own. So you can set up a situation, you know, let's say having that family over for a barbecue or some dinner and say over, you know, oh, you know, we do something here in our home that's really fun. The kids really like it. Uh, set, set, set something up in a way where it's subtle hints that the kids can pick up, but without saying that you're doing something wrong. Now, obviously, it depends on their level of connection and your um closeness to that person that you need to talk to but i think when you lead by example and show what is supposed to be done it goes a very very long way for how to go about things with the friends that your kids are around and how their parents are doing or not doing things in general in their home so again great question i think it really depends on the situation there is no one way to go about it but the overall thing that I would say 
is doing it in a way where you lead by example. Show people how you have structure and how you have a sense of obedience regarding the emails that are coming in from work after hours, even though you're only 10 feet from where you were 10 minutes ago. That leading by example can go a very, very long way. So, on the bottom of page 93 over here, we're up to the ultimate goal. And remember, we're talking about this concept of purpose, which is such a long, long uh, topic to be talking about, and it's hard to sort of fathom how little pages are spent on this. Not in a bad way, but this, this concept of purpose is so important. Just to put a little plug in over here for one of my favorite books of all time, and I think it could be very beneficial, and maybe we'll... We can do a podcast and a reading together on this, but uh, Man's Search for Meaning for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, I think on this concept of purpose, is probably the best book on the topic in general. So, continuing over here, uh, the ultimate goal. Most of our daily activities consist of many intermediate goals and purposes. We drive our cars to the gas station to get fuel, but if we have nowhere to go with the car, that purpose has little value. If we drive to work, we have a goal. But that, too, is an intermediate goal. Whatever we do at work is goal-directed, but these goals, too, may be intermediate goals. The bottom line is that intermediate goals cannot provide meaning in life. Of course, we must have our physical and emotional needs satisfied, which requires many intermediate goals. But we must also be able to evaluate ourselves above these. Now, the way I, I translated that in my head is to evaluate above is to sort of take yourself out of the moment. We all work and survive and are motivated by what's known as the pleasure principle, which I think we've talked about once or twice here on the podcast. That concept of the, of the pressure, of pleasure principle comes through our senses, whether it's touch, feel, smell, taste, or hearing, from music to food to sex. All those things bring about a sense of of pleasure. Question is, what's the reason why that's a purpose for me? And is that something that could be purpose that is more than just our physical and emotional needs? So when you take yourself out of the situation, enjoy the situation, enjoy that food, enjoy that music, but at the same time also take yourself out of the situation, that can help us find what we're talking about over here. So continues Dr. Torsky that if we fail to do so, we can achieve only an animal quality of happiness, which is, an in, which is inadequate for humans. Because of the fact that we have so many capabilities that, human, that, that animals don't have, the infinite levels that we can reach in happiness cannot even be talked about. Fulfillment for a caterpillar is to become a butterfly. Fulfillment for a tadpole is to become a frog. Fulfillment for a beer club is to be become an adult beer. Nature drives creatures to achieve their potential and to become the best they can be. Although the optimum goal for a caterpillar, tadpole, and beer club is easily defined, the optimum for a human being is more complex and involves existential and philosophical concepts. Existential and philosophical concepts. So it's more than just becoming that adult version of who I am now. Well, and I think it's also fair to say some people don't ever become adults in a certain way. Be with me while I go back to thinking about fish. Though fish in a tank cause me some discomfort, like we talked about earlier, I have learned a valuable lesson from their 
distant cousins, the salmon. While visiting a salmon fishery on the west coast, I witnessed the phenomenon of the salmon fighting the current, swimming uphill against the tide to return to their birthplace, spawn, and then die. It was fascinating to watch the salmon heap over cascades. If they failed to make the leap, they would swim around to bit, uh, to get a bit more energy and try to make the jump. They would persist in doing until they had succeeded. The salmon probably does not think about why it is doing this. It is, Its goal is instinctive, but it is determined to achieve it, and it does not allow obstacles to deter it. And I think this concept of salmon is used a lot in different motivating speakers' analogies, but I think it's a great one because sometimes things are just done and you just figure out how to do it, and it swips around a little bit to know how to, not really to know how to, but to get more energy and they can do something. They're not thinking about doing this, the, the salmon. Its, its goal is it's so instinctive that it is determined to achieve it, and it does not allow obstacles to, to deter it, sort of like someone that is possessed. There is no such thing as an obstacle with someone that was possessed. And personally, when I think of possessed, I'm the athlete and someone that we're still mourning over a year after his death, but Kobe Bryant was someone that was not just, all right, I won, I'm good. There's a, there's a growth inside that we're striving for, that Kobe Bryant was striving for, to continue to be the best he can be. That's why one of the hardest things in all the sports is to be a repeat champion, and to be an opportunity, to be, to be an opportunity the way the way he was to have a three peat and a two peat. Obviously, you know I know we have Michael Jordan that had more, but I think overall it goes to show just how special that is of working for more and going above and beyond what is needed. Our ultimate goal continues, Doctor Torsky. Well, we I should go back one sentence over here. We humans do not have such a concrete, instinctive goal. Our ultimate goal is to be the finest persons we can be. And we need to use the full range of our intellectual and human abilities to achieve that goal. I have said this many times and in many forms in this book. But here is what I want to insert an important word for clarity. And let's get ready for this because I think this is going to be a very big part of what we're talking about over here. So wherever you are, just concentrate on the next 10 seconds. And that's pretty much, I would say, one of the main points of what Dr. Torsky is trying to bring out over here. So continues Dr. Torsky from the bottom of, of page 94 and going to page 95. We have the ability to reflect on the purpose and the goals in our lives. Again, we have the ability to reflect on the purpose and the goals of our lives. I don't have many lines that are highlighted or underlined in this book, of mine at least. But this is one of the few lines that are underlined, and I probably should highlight it now. But I think it's so important for us to realize that, that we have the ability to work and reflect on the purpose and the goals in our lives. And by the way, that can constantly change. But maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Continues Dr. Torsky. However, it is not necessarily finding a goal or a purpose that is fulfilling, but rather contemplating and searching for a goal and a purpose that makes us spiritual beings, happy beings. So that constant search, or as we were saying before, man's search for meaning, it's that looking around, that going up the ladder and looking for different things around all over the place. 
It's those things that give us a sense of being spiritual and therefore being happy. Let's just take a second to ruminate over this thought and just think of how that works. The journey, the ability to reflect on the purpose, that's what makes us happy. That's what makes us spiritual human beings. There is an anecdote, continues Dr. Torsky, about two vagrants who were arrested for loitering and brought before a judge. The judge asked the first uh, vagrant, what were you doing when the officer arrested you? Nothing, the vagrant answered. The judge then turned to the second person. And what were you doing when you were arrested? The man pointed toward his buddy. I was helping him. If we are helping someone who is doing nothing, we are doing nothing ourselves. That leaves us with a very important question. I put in the word very, but that leaves us with an important question. Where do we look for purpose? Once we see, and these are my own words over here, but once we see that there is the search and the contemplating for the goal and therefore that purpose, that's what makes us spiritual beings and therefore happy, how do we go about, where do we look for this? I think this is one of the ultimate questions that we have in life. So continues Dr. Tversky over here, in the middle of page 95. If the universe were not designed for a specific purpose, but just happened to come about as a result of a freak accident that converted primordial energy into matter, which over eons evolved into life on planet Earth, and then the world as a whole would be have no specific purpose and there would be no ultimate purpose of human existence. I'm not sure if I understand that. I'm going to read it again. If the universe were not designed for a specific purpose, but just happened to come about as a result of a freak accident that converted primordial energy into matter, which over eons evolved into life and planet Earth, then the world as a whole would not have any specific purpose and there would be no ultimate purpose for human existence. Meaning by the fact that there is human existence in the world shows that there has to be some sort of concept of having a higher power enough that I should be searching and, and finding something and realizing that there is something to the human experience that we haven't necessarily thought of before. That's where we can think about how to be the best versions of ourselves, searching, looking, and realizing that there is a purpose for what's happening. So last paragraph over here on page 95. If we were to, but if we were to believe that God created the world for a specific purpose and via revelation or through prophets instructed humans to live in a way that is its purpose would be fulfilled, then we have the ultimate purpose. Because the concept of God involves involves attributes such as infidelity, eternity, omniscience, omniscience, and omnipresence, qualities with which humans have never had any sensory experience. It is a supernatural concept. All claims to prove the existence of God logically are subject to argument. And in the final uh, analysis, belief in God requires a leap of faith. Indeed, natural disasters such as tsunamis, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, and incurable diseases defy any logical explanation of why a benevolent God would allow those to occur. A believer must go beyond logic to the leap to this leap of faith. That's the only way you sort of get there. The example that I think of 
Um, and if someone has another better example, please let me know. But I have this vision in my head right now. I have this vision in my head right now of, I'm not sure what number Batman it is, uh, where the one where Christopher Nolan is the director and Christian Bale is Batman, where he's thrown into a cave and he has to get out and everyone's trying to get out and they're jumping, jumping from one of the pieces are sticking out of the rocks to the other and he keeps on failing. He fails once, he like pretty much breaks, breaks his back and at a certain point, the, the, the wise man that's on the bottom in the pit with him says, take off the rope. The fear that you will have by not having the rope that will enable you to get onto that piece that you need to get to. And it's that fear that sort of creates a sense of push and overall leap of faith that creates the ultimate Batman and what he needs to do. Now, I know that's specifically talking about fear, but this concept of that leap of faith is what, what a believer has, I think, in himself to know what he needs to be doing. People who have traversed this leap and have a firm conviction of God as the creator of the universe can find a reason for the ultimate purpose in their existence. I'm going to read that last sentence again. People who have traversed this leap and have a firm conviction of God as the creator of the universe can find a reason for the ultimate purpose in their existence. Notice over here that we're not talking about any specific religion. It's just about the concept of God that we're talking about over here. That in itself and that trust creates that quote-unquote leap of faith that we're talking about. Wow, what an amazing episode. I think this was pretty powerful. I learned a lot. I hope you guys did too. Thank you again for joining in this podcast. We are going to have a part two to this. And we will be finishing up the chapter on the ability to have purpose and what the ultimate human experience is supposed to be and the ultimate goal that we're supposed to have regarding the concept of purpose. We will finish that up in episode 35. And then the next episode, which was also finishing chapter 11, and then episode 36, hopefully we will be starting chapter 12. Have yourself a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. We have just hit over 1,400 downloads, and I appreciate all the feedback that I have been given, all the critiques, uh, the words of advice, things that I can do different or better. It has been very, very helpful. I appreciate passing along this podcast link to anyone that you feel can benefit from it. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, please reach out to me at koshercounseling at gmail.com.